Let's hit it. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. everyone. Welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I thank you for tuning in. For those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people, and that's exactly what we're going to do today when we talk with people living with dementia about art and how they are involved with that. I also want to um, give a few shout outs before I we introduce all of our guests because we've got several people with us today. One, if you like the opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can get that anywhere on any of your music platforms to download. The Memory Cafe is updating with those that are coming back online, so you have a combination of virtual and um, in-person memory cafes to pick from. So go to memory cafe directory to learn more there. Dementia map is growing. And so you can check out uh, new events on the site as well as new resources, new blog posts at dementiamap.com. And Coral Health is still letting you download during COVID two of their apps for free, Music First and Coral Faith. So don't forget to check them out. And then there's the Foot Bar Walker that was built by two friends for two friends to help reduce injuries and falls and um, lighten the load of using a walker. So go to thefootbarwalker.com and check them out. If you didn't hear, we just had a show on Lorenzo's uh, house, which also has a youth camp coming up on June 21st. So make sure you check that one out. Uh, we also did a couple of shows now on Maud's Ventures. And the reason I did two shows in such a short time was one, we, we interviewed the um, CEO and executive director of the Richard and Maud Ferry Foundation, who does Maud's Awards and then now Maud's Ventures. And then we, we did another interview with people from our Dementia Chats group. Uh, who are living with dementia to get their input on what would they like to see. That's all for my housekeeping. Let's get to our show. Today, I'm going to be talking with people living with dementia who have integrated various forms of art into their life. And I've met all of these people through Facebook, and they are part of the Dementia Action Alliance of USA a group on Facebook called Arts and Dementia. And the arts working group was formed in recognition of the arts, uh, you know, and, and what they play in terms of the importance of all of our lives, and especially those living with dementia. And this is a group that can bring people together from diverse communities uh, that are all living with dementia or supporting them via the arts. You are going to hear some and see some amazing art 
that they have created. And most of them will say they're not artists, but I, I think when you see these pieces, you will disagree with that. And then I have to give thanks to Donna Newman Bloonstein with uh, Dance for Connection. She is one of the moderators of that Arts and Dementia group uh, by Dementia Action Alliance, and she helped me coordinate and, and pull this together. We're actually going to be doing another one because it was so popular. So let's get to introducing everybody. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome today. Yes. I am so excited because we have so many people living with dementia that are going to share with us their personal journey a little bit about, about dementia, but more specifically as it relates to the arts and what type of art they do and what that art does for them and others around them. So we're going to start out first with introducing ourselves. So I'll start. I'm Lori LeBay. I'm the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. My mom had dementia for 30 years and I feel it is critically important that we listen to the voice of dementia because I believe they are the true experts and they have such beautiful insights to share with all of us on how to live better alongside dementia. So Mike, do you mind uh, starting with an introduction of yourself? Sure, absolutely. Uh, my name is Mike Belleville. I live in Rhode Island. Um, next, uh, well, we'll start off by saying I've been happily married for 40 years now uh, to my beautiful wife, Cheryl. We have three children, six grandchildren. Um, and Next month will make eight years since my diagnosis of initially younger onset Alzheimer's, but that was changed to Lewy body dementia with Parkinsonism. Um, and it's great to be here. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Bill, I'm going to have you go next, if you don't mind uh, stating your name and just giving people an introduction. Sure. Uh, my name is Bill Hayden. I'm up in Montreal, Canada. Um, I'm 59. I guess this all started about five years ago. Um, the real sort of got diagnostic probably about three years ago. Uh, though because of COVID, I'm still waiting for a number of tests to really nail it down. Mm, anything else I'm supposed to say? <laughs> Sorry. Nope, Memory's nope. not too good. Nope, that's, that's great. And um, Cynthia, I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Hewling Hummel. I'm a retired pastor living in Elmira, New York. I was diagnosed with amnestic mild cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's disease in 2011. And um, I'm very active um, with DAA. And my passion is Alzheimer's research. I love making art. Wonderful. Thank you. And Julie, how about you? Hi, my name is Julie Hayden. No relation to Bill. Um, and <laughs> I come from Yorkshire um, in the north of England, and I was diagnosed four years ago, just celebrated my anniversary, and um, with young onset uh, Alzheimer's type dementia is the closest they ever got, and um, I'm completely new to art. I only started um, at the beginning of lockdown um, last year, so I'm a newbie. Okay, great. And Terry, would you please introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Terry Montgomery, and I am living with uh, early onset Alzheimer's. I was diagnosed in 2015, so I'm going into year number six. Um, 
Yeah. And um, let's see, all the way in here. Um, so basically, um, I'm adapting to the disease. We take it day by day. I try to be as cheerful as I can. And some of that, um, when I get really, really need to get something done, I'm really glad that um, we're here today to tell a little bit about that, how art makes a difference with it. And I'm very active with DAA. Uh, I have a clan of a family. Mm -hmm. We have a combined family. I heard, um, like said, eight. I don't know how many we have. I think it's 13. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I can't do all of that math, but it's a pleasure to be here today. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. And Pauline. Hi, my name is Paul Ann Gordon, and I was diagnosed with vascular dementia nine years ago at the age of 57. I, um, I live in Ohio with my husband, and um, I'm very active with DAA. I'm on the board of directors and the advisory board, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. Wonderful. Thank you. And true. My full legal name is Truthful Loving Kindness. Uh, my symptoms started dramatically in February 1999. Lost my job, lost my driver's license, etc. Um, but then they slowed down. Current diagnosis is mild cognitive impairment with Lewy body and vascular symptoms. And I blog and um, I forgot what else because I forgot my cheat sheet. You are very active. I will say that. And I'm thrilled you're one of our <laughs> dementia chats experts as well there. So thank you. And then um, Kareen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Kareen King. And I, I just moved to Lawrence, Kansas from um, a, my husband's boyhood home. And um, I actually work at two different retirement communities as a creative engagement specialist. And um, I work with people who live with dementia. Um, I do a lot of music and storytelling and poetry and, and all things like that. And I've written a lot of songs that capture moments um, with people um, who live with dementia just to, to give them voice. And so that's a little bit about me. Okay, great. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Bill, if you don't mind telling us a little bit more about art, um, what type of art you do, and maybe showing us some examples. Uh, prior to all this, um, I was actually in the software related to drug discovery and research, which is kind of ironic, because now I'm on the other side and uh, it's a lot different. Uh, during that time, I traveled everywhere on the planet and I've been to museums all over the place. I've seen art and so on and had cocktails and dinner and all that kind of stuff at those places, but never really got into it. Never really was an art person. So when this all hit, I joined a, a local dementia support group called AGI here in Montreal. And we would go there about four hours a week and part of it was art therapy. I've never done art before, but I thought I'd try it. And suddenly I found something I was comfortable with because um, my life at the time was either being on the planet, which I call lucid, or not being on the planet, which I call loopy. I think Mike can tell us all about Louis body and, and what that's like. So I started doing art and it was like, wow, 
I didn't think about the past. I didn't think about what am I going to do next. I just did it. There's no pressure. It was just, and um, because of COVID, we haven't been able to get together here in Montreal because you can't do anything. But um, we do Zoom meetings once a week, and they also hooked me up with an art therapist who was helping me out doing, continuing doing the art because I'm not motivated. I don't do it. So my thing, um, I guess we do painting and all that kind of stuff, but I got more into doing sculptures and weird paintings and stuff. So I think it's best if I just showed you. It would be easier than babbling for another hour. So last year, when I was in one of the art therapy classes, I um, last year in when we were actually physically able to have our art therapy sessions, um, they gave us these white masks, uh, you know, the little elastic in the back and all kinds of doodads. You can make it look like Mardi, Mardi Gras or something like that. And I was in my, one of my zone out phases and wasn't really interested, but I walked over to the table and suddenly I just started doing it. But I tried something different. What I did was I wanted to sort of express to other people what it feels like, not to people in my class, but normal people, whatever that means. So what I did was I took the mask and I, there's two sides to it, as you can see in a second. So on this side, I wanted to show what the person is looking at the outside world, you know, the, the basketball player, the dancer and all these things. That's the outside world. It goes right through our eyes and uh, the mouth. I decided to wire it shut because we have a hard time expressing what's wrong with us. So I wired that part up. Then on the other side, once the information goes through our eyes, I did this on the other side and I wanted to show to normal people what it's like. It's kind of like the information comes in and there are these little diamonds where we store information, but they're not connected very well anymore. So there's a lot of question marks, a lot of confusion. And it's sort of my way of expressing to people what it's like to have what I have, because you can read all you want and it's hard to really figure out. So art has allowed me to do that. This year in my class, my over the Zoom thing, art therapy, the lady wanted me to take clay and uh, sort of express what it's like to be like this. So I decided to take a blob of clay. I created a square, you'll see in a second, and a very blank face, sort of normal. The blue is now uh, the outside world, but inside my head, I wanted to express what it's like to watch myself melt. And that's at least the stage I seem to be at now. I'm lucid, I'm cognizant of what's happening to me but I am watching myself get worse, memories dissolving and fading and that kind of thing. So it's a person, but on the inside, which nobody sees what it's like for us on the inside. It's, we're melting, we're watching ourselves disappear, all part of what we're going through. So that's sort of what I do. I do a lot of other types of art too, more fun stuff and uh, just to keep myself active and um involved and so on the hard part is being motivated it's just this not that i'm depressed i just yeah. but i was lucky to find this therapist during the summer and she had, or during the spring that kept me going so that's sort of sort of what i, I try to use the art as a way of expressing myself because i'm not able to much anymore speaking wise and i'm also um I don't read anymore because I can. Um, and so this is a way of showing it. And I think it's also a better way of explaining it to someone rather than words. It's like here, this was like, you know, being a, being this blank face with absorbing information that doesn't really go anywhere. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because the visual is really strong. 
is really, really strong. And um, it is something I think easy to easier for people to process and, and think of it in a new way. One quick extra that came out of all this is my dad is in an old folks apartment, I guess. And because of the quarantine, at least here in Quebec, you're not allowed leaving your room for more than a year. It's crazy. And so he heard about what I was doing. So he started, my sister started getting these coloring books and these pictures and everything. And he went hog wild. It was amazing. This is a person who really hasn't done any of this before. So I'll just quickly show you. Like he colors, but he gets pretty serious about it. I have a hard time coloring in the lines. So he does this kind of stuff. You know, he gets really into the details of the bird and it becomes an obsession. But he get it's it's oddly enough, just because he heard about what I'm doing, he got into doing coloring and that's how he passes his time and it seems to have kept him sane during these crazy times. Are those pre-designed things that he's coloring in or is that? Yeah, they're, they're, they're blank, uh, blank uh, drawings, I guess. But then he goes and he mixes colors with paint and he gets really um, heavily into this. And he just does a really good job. It's quite amazing. But uh, it gives us something to do and he feels he's learning new things and doing something because he has Alzheimer's and a little bit more progressed than I am. Well, a lot more progressed than I am. So he, at least he has something he can show and interact. And it's his stuff, and he still has a, he's still a person, which I think is the hard part for all of us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Bill. I'm oh, going to go to um, Paul Ann next, if you wouldn't mind sharing what, what you're up to with art. Sure. I, I um, never was very good at art. Uh, art was always my worst subject in school, and I think they passed me just because they were kind. And uh, it wasn't until I had to mention that I started looking and I quit working and started um, looking for something to do with my hands. I think I quit smoking at the same time, maybe, too. And I started looking for something to do with my hands and I started coloring. So here's um, kind of an example of some of the kind of coloring I do. It's all usually very intricate. Um, Patterns, a lot of patterns. And here's a pretty flower. But and here's a bigger type. Um, you know, I like I like the blues a lot. And so those are the kind of things I color. But I um, really can't draw anything. I really don't have that ability, but I like and I enjoy coloring so much because it relaxes me. And when I'm nervous or I don't have anything to do or I'm bored, it gives me something to put my focus on and calms me down quite a bit. So those are some of the reasons that I like to color. And um, I've been doing it now for uh, several years. I've got books and books. <laughs> now, have you found um, through this coloring, is that something that you did prior uh, to your dementia? No, just afterwards. Okay. And um, what kind of response are you getting from, from family when they see your art? It's, been, it's gorgeous. They, they like it. They um, are puzzled that I just sit down and I get so involved in it, you know, in the intricacy, because I do a lot of detail work. And um, they're just kind of amazed that I get so involved in it. But uh, it really takes me to another place and it relaxes me. It takes a lot of the stress away from me. 
and it just kind of makes me feel good because I'm producing something that's pretty. That for sure it is. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Terry, I'm going to go to you next if you want to go ahead and unmute yourself. Okay. Um, what I like to do is write. I'm a little bit all over the place still a little bit. Um, as far as art and drawing, painting, I'm not really good at that, but I'll try. So I stay in the field of either writing or either pictures. I love pictures, putting them like in a collage or using them in some type of way. Um, and um, to give you an example, oh, and I love sunglasses. I love sunglasses. I forgot that. And that I'm always prepared. I have every type of sunglass you could ever imagine. So since we're talking about the 2021, I'm good. And I do wacky things like this. And the reason why is because when I'm having a really, really down day, I want everyone else to look up to. So I look for pictures that places I want to go in my mind. Probably never get there. So I create a collage of pictures. And then I'll write. I um, I just write, just read this real quickly. And this one, um, I learned because I can be a little long-winded. But so I'm just gonna um, do the just of maybe like a paragraph or two of this, okay? Because I am a little long-winded. Um, the recommendation, this recommendation would hopefully stop all the stabs, which in turn would avoid us from accumulating scars. I'm like in the middle. I realize someone is saying stabs, like stab wounds. I'm not clear what you mean. So stabs means stop talking about bad stuff, which is negative stuff. Stop speaking negative, stop negative rhetoric, stop neglecting yourself, stop bad-mouthing yourself, stop putting things off you want to do or need to do. Just stop, stop underestimating what you can do. Stop thinking the worst. Stop overlooking your blessings. Look for, um, I guess it would help if I could see, stop focusing on trying to be perfect. The perfect size, the perfect teeth, the perfect score, cook, sportsman, fill in the blank. Can't just being alive be enough? I'm just saying, at least we are not on a ventilator. But so many of us, by no choice of their own, and the list goes on. So instead, love ourselves, cherish our abilities, cherish who we are, and do what we know and who we are. I'm gonna stop there, but that's kind of a jest of it. It's just trying to be positive. And that concludes my art. I'm all over the place. <laughs> well, Terry, I have to tell you, just from what I have seen with you, you are like this bright, shining light. You come in and you constantly lift people up, um, you know, with the, the work they're doing. Um, if they're having a down day, it's like Terry to the rescue. I mean, <laughs> you are just one big, warm, fuzzy, lovable human that just, um, you're just this bright, shining light. And so I, that's what I've seen from you. I, we've not met personally. Um, that's what I feel from you right now, just in terms of talking. Um, but just being a voyeur on Facebook and, and, and seeing you out there, 
you you are always you are always lifting and you know i love your acronym of of stab and i think in this world especially on top of dementia but just how chaotic the world is in general people need that positive spin even more so keep up your writing um you're making a huge huge impact as as everybody in this group is so thank you mike i'm gonna have you go next if you don't mind so i'm trying to remember exactly what the questions were but as far as art i mean i've always loved art you know as as a kid going through school system of course um and i used to draw quite a bit uh, when i was a kid um before reality set in um which was probably at the age of 16, I thought I was going to, you know, I wanted to be a cartoonist for Disney, um, which obviously never came to fruition, but I always loved that kind of art. Um, unfortunately, it kind of subsided as I got older, you know, I had to work for a living and things like that. So I didn't really start picking it up again until after my diagnosis. And similar to Bill in, in, my situation was I was actually volunteering at my local senior center at the time uh, with their technology uh, folks, um, helping them, I should say, with their technology issues. And they kept bugging me to stick around afterwards because they had a, a painting class. And painting always intimidated the heck out of me. But I decided to stay one day. And as luck would have it the class that they were having was called reverse it was oil painting but it was reverse painting on glass so you basically have to paint backwards um so number one i don't recommend people take that up as their first painting experience but number two it probably wasn't bad because i didn't know how to paint to begin with so i didn't know if i was doing it right or wrong um but that led to uh, doing something in acrylic and then watercolor and watercolor is what I really fell in love with. But then also as, um, Bill or someone else had mentioned, it's hard staying motivated or it's hard, at least for me, it's very challenging to, to get into doing something. Once I do, I find that I just kind of like, like I go crazy for a while. So you know, I painted those three early paintings on, and I'll show you some things in a couple of minutes. Um, but then I didn't do anything for a year and a half. And our granddaughter was turning eight years old at the time. Uh, my daughter told me she loved giraffes. So I decided to draw her a giraffe and, and paint it in watercolor. And then what I quickly learned was that you can't paint something for one grandchild without painting something for all your grandchildren. So that led to multiple paintings and posting them on Facebook and then getting requests from people um, to do things for them. But selfishly, what I found out was that it was, I was, I was getting more out of it. I feel like than I was, than I give. And because it, it really took away everything else. Everything else just kind of melted away while I'm drawing or painting. And I've moved on from watercolor. I've done a couple of acrylics, even uh, colored pencil. It, it really helps with my anxiety, my depression. Um, and at the same time, it makes me feel like I'm, because I'm always, anything I do, I'm always doing it for someone else or giving it to them. 
So I feel like I'm giving them a piece of me, you know, while I'm passing that on to them and hopefully making them feel good or happy in the process. Um, so I really feel like it's more beneficial uh, for me. I'll, you know, I'm being selfish about it at the same time. So other than flapping my gums for 21 minutes, I guess I'm just going to share my screen and show you some of the things I've, I've done. And maybe just a couple of pictures as well, um, because I do love photography. Photography is one thing I've always loved. So I don't know if you can see my screen or not, um, but this was the very first painting I ever did. And it was the reverse on glass that I talked about. Um, and as you can see, that was done five years ago. But then from there, I didn't paint anything from 2016 for another year and a half. This is the giraffe painting I did for my granddaughter, um, who was eight years old at the time. And this was another one for one of my grandchildren. Um, as, as you can tell, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. The background looks horrible, but I'm just because I never really took any classes or art, you know, painting classes of any type. Um, this is one I did for my grandson who loves dogs and he wasn't able to have a dog yet. So I painted him, he loves pugs. Um, this is one that I did not long ago for a dear friend who also has Alzheimer's and lost his dog and I wanted to paint something for him. Um, this was an acrylic painting and this is one that I did for our youngest grandchild who uh, just turned over a year old. Um, this is one that I did in colored pencil, um, which I'm really, really enjoying doing colored pencil work now. Um, I love the work Paul Ann does and I think that inspired me to uh, doing pencil work. Um, but I'll stop sharing that. And um, again, I, I really think it's, it's selfish on my part doing the work I do, but my biggest challenge is, is getting motivated and staying motivated to do it. Um, I find myself, I, I may draw, I do six, seven, eight, nine paintings in a row, and then I don't do anything for six months, a year, who knows, until that whatever bug catches me again and I start doing more. But I really do find it uh, therapeutic uh, for myself. And when I am involved with my art, my wife Cheryl can really see a change in me. So hopefully I can find a way to keep that button turned on because it is very good for us. I mean, the, the pictures you shared with us are amazing. Um, and it just, you know, when you said, well, you can tell I can't, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, no, I don't see that at all. When I look at your pictures, I see amazing um, and thinking, I wish I could do that. And when you showed the one of glass, your first one, uh, mine wouldn't have been even close to that. I, I, I mean, it was just like, holy cow. Um, do you find when you do this, I know everyone has been saying that you know, it, they find it, it reduces stress, but do you find that it drains you at all to do this and that you have to re-energize in order to go back to it? 
No, it's a great question. Um, I really don't. And there's plenty of times where, um, you know, Cheryl will come tapping me on the shoulder because it's three o'clock in the morning. And because I just get so lost into what I'm doing that you lose track of everything, obviously time included. And, you know, she has to remind me even to eat, <laughs> you know, seriously, like, hey, you know, did you have anything to drink, you know, water today or whatever. But um, so I, I really don't think it drains me. If anything, I think it energizes me. I think it has the opposite effect. And, and that's what I've heard from people. But I just wanted to to ask that question because um, it's just interesting that you you get that energy to do it and then you you pull back because it's just like because it's so incredible <laughs> i mean it's just so incredible yeah. to see all of your work and well, um and i was just wondering if there was a a reason for that that you knew of i, I really don't I, I for me the biggest I, my question has always been and i don't know if there's ever been any research done to it but and, I, and i'm sure a lot of people with more experience have feel the same way or not, but it's almost like uh, the biggest challenges I have with my diagnosis are left brain executive function. And I really feel like the right side that is waking up and it's either taking over what the parts that I'm losing um, are challenged with nowadays. So I'm really curious to know if there's anything that's related to that in the way of dementia. Um, with people, if people who used to be very artistic aren't anymore because maybe it's affecting that side of their brain more than the other, I don't know. But that's always been something that's been curious um, that I've thought about. Um, so I, again, I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Well, and I wonder if it could have something to do with a lot of times, um, depending on where you are in your diagnosis and, and everyone's is different, needless to say. But if it's uh, if there's a reflection of lessening of inhibitions, like I got nothing to lose. You know, I really don't care what anybody says anymore at this point. You know, I'm going to try it because because I, I think of kids and kids don't have that inhibition they don't worry about being judged because they haven't even learned that somebody's doing that to them. But as adults, I mean, that's kind of ingrained in us. And so I wonder if, if there's something in that mode. Um, I, I just think of, you know, with my mom and she didn't do the arts. I, I wish she would have um, stepped into that more. Um, we didn't really think of it, but I, I still will never forget the days she would watch my daughter and I would come to, to pick Danielle up and they would be coloring and they would both hold up their pictures and you couldn't tell who was prouder, my mom or my three-year-old. I mean, it was just, and it was such a joy to see that connection and they were just both in their zone. And, you know, I just thought that that was brilliant. And I, I think the other part too, is it's been a gift because we've, I've been able to share that with my grandkids. And so when they come over, we have an art station set up, you know, they show me all their latest drawings and colorings and paintings and things that they've done. And like you said, they're just so proud of it. Um, so it's been, it's, it's been a great process all the way around. Um, that's something I definitely highly recommend. And like you said, there's no inhibition. So just go for it and, and, you know, enjoy yourself and have a good time. Well, and I like that you brought up the intergenerational, I mean, art, everybody can do. 
and we all adapt and you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder and so there really is no no judgment there's no right or wrong when it comes to art and and that's i think very very freeing so thank you for sharing um cynthia do you mind going next I'm happy to go next. I'm going to apologize. My neighbor decided to mow the lawn. Um, so I hope it's not too um, problematic. If it is, maybe we can figure something else out. I want to start by talking about my mask art. Like Bill, I, I create masks. And it was in 2017, I was in an art class for people living with dementia and care partners. We were invited to make one mask. And I decided to create a mask to um, talk about what it felt like to live with um, early stage Alzheimer's. And so this is a mask of love. It's called Love Remembers. But it wasn't enough for me to create one mask. I created 36 masks. And um, I then wrote a book about my masks. I took pictures of all of them. And there's a story to go with each one of my masks as to, you know, what prompted that mask. Um, It was two years ago that 10 of my masks were on display at the National Gallery of Art in Sweden during a dementia conference. I think it was about two years ago that I saw an ad in the paper for an art class in the Senior Citizens Center. So I started um, going to that class and we did, um, you know, paintings with acrylics and watercolors. And I I really have enjoyed doing that. Um, And of course, then COVID came. So I was so grateful for the Memory Makers, a program that's um, in my area where we do online art. We paint every week. And so I've just been experimenting with a lot of different things. And lately, I've been painting with coffee. And um, for those who might be interested, I just use instant coffee and I mix it with a little water and um, I create different pictures um, just within different strengths of coffee. So that picture um, was, I think, one of my first. And I, I, I just had a lot of fun painting with coffee. Um, so I, I love taking pictures as well. I won a contest, I think it was two or three years ago, the Baba Diane Fund, um, that had a photography contest for people living with dementia. And I won a prize for that. So Um, I love all the arts. I sing in a band and uh, we're singing out now for the summer. We had our first gig this past week. We sing um, classic rock and roll country, a little bit of everything. And we'll be performing almost every weekend in Sodas Point. So the arts really make me come alive. And I find it very soothing to paint and to, um, to just kind of get lost in my art. Wow. (laughs) do a little bit of everything have you have you always been involved in the arts or I've always been a singer and I've always been in a choir I've always um, enjoyed performing but I've never done any visual arts um, until recently and that was um, out of that class that was for people living with dementia and it was like all right now I'm a person who just loves doing it and once I get started on a project I had my 36 masks all over my house at one point when my daughter came home to visit. And some of them are a little bit disturbing or, or difficult to look at. And um, it was like, Mom, do we need to talk about this? But it's really been a wonderful um, opportunity for me to teach mask making. And I've taken my masks all around the country and I've presented at medical schools. I've taught um, mask making in art centers 
and it's a way to talk about what's going on with us. Um, in my case, with, with my early stage Alzheimer's, but it's been applied to other situations. I enjoy doing social art as well. I did a big um, exhibition on domestic violence by painting t-shirts that reflected the experience of people who were living with domestic violence. As a retired pastor, I used to work with women who were in abusive situations. So I enjoy doing that social art too. Wow. Um, Amazing. Uh, Thank you for sharing all of this with us. I I just think it's incredible. And I love how it's being embraced and pulled into conferences and that your art is going on tour. Uh, I, I just, I think the different mediums are so important to really get people to understand, you know, I mean, I look at, you know, at, at Bill's art and, and the melting, you know, of the head inside and, and the mass. And like you said, every single one of your masks has a different story and your daughter going, mom, uh, I'm a little worried about this piece, you know, but, but it allows those conversations to be had instead of being ignored or swept under the rug. So that everybody can can learn and uh, and get on the same page. So thank you so much for, for sharing. Um, Julie, how about you? You want to go next? Hi there. Well, I mean, everybody's, I'm just blown away by everybody's art. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I mean, prior to lockdown, I was just concentrating on the, um, um on my activism work and i really wasn't getting anything done for myself um so when lockdown came the thing is that um i live alone so lockdown for me meant that i was having to um live like a hermit really and the only um involvement i was getting was with meetings and groups online. Um, one of my friends over here who's really good at art, um, uh, a lady called Frances Isaacs, decided she would get a group of us together and teach us how to um, paint watercolours. And our initial reaction was, oh my God, we can't paint, we can't draw. The, because we'd all been told the, told the same thing as we were growing up, you know, you, you because we can't produce things which look like a picture, thing by camera, then you're rubbish at art. And she was able to say, no, it's not like that. That, um, you know, what I, it's a skill that you can learn and what it's about impressionism. And what I will teach you is the different um, effects you can get from different brush strokes and how to blend colours to create a mood and give you a few tips. And from there on, uh, we each of us went on to um, start to paint watercolours. And so... This is one of my early ones, which um, I've never been to Ireland, but I I decided to look up to Google the mountains of Morn in Northern Ireland and and created this view across to the mountains, across the sea. 
and um, and uh, I did actually get the thumbs up from a, a friend of mine who's from Northern Ireland and has actually seen them for himself. So, so that seems to be okay. Um, and then around the same time that I was learning how to paint, um, I'd um, gone on a course online with a local mental health group and I'd always wanted to learn poetry, but I, again, I could never write poetry. And here I am, sort of 58, and had never written any poetry. Um, and he, I was, they were teaching haiku poetry, which for anyone who's not heard of it, it's um, a very basic um, Zen poetry. And it's just three lines of poetry where you have to count the syllables, five syllables, seven syllables, and five. And it's just a way of just concentrating everything down to the absolute essentials of language to convey what you see, what you feel. And then as I was learning the watercolors at the same time, what I then started doing was um, learning how I started experimenting with illustrating the poems that I was writing. Um, and that's quite an early one, which I'd written this haiku about spring. So I just uh, uh, illustrated with a few flowers around it. Some of which I'm sure appear in nature, but I think some are my own imagination. Um, so um, that's what I came up with. And um, then as I've kind of, a group of my friends were, had been on the poetry course. And as a result of that course, um, they ended up printing a book of um, an anthology of dementia poetry. And by reading what they had produced, I was then able to develop my poetry further and learn about how to write different styles. And again, started to combine, that's my first free verse poem. Um, and uh, again, illustrate that. Um, and my friend Francis, who taught me how to um, do watercolours was encouraging us to try out different mediums um, so learning how to express ourselves in different ways so a couple of ones that I've tried are um, it's nice to get messy isn't it to be like school kids again <clears throat> and start to mush around colours with your fingers and, and so I got some pastels and that was just kind of a, a basic mood um, colour of pastels with a very basic tree on there. And then um, she introduced us to pastels. And I live right on the edge of the Yorkshire Moors, which is all very Wuthering Heights in Heathcliff. Um, and so, you know, it, there are lots of colour up there, but I decided to use the charcoals to create the mood 
of it being wild and woolly and um and so this is actually a scene from um moorland up above where i live with the um the uh actual heather and gorse on the top of the moors view out over the valley and then this is um this large rock which looms out over the valley um, and it's actually a place where way back the locals used to throw um, the, the local witches off to their deaths into the valley below. <laughs> so great fun. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You have a nice variety of, of what you do as well. And I, I so appreciate that. And I admire all of you for your work in terms of what what you're doing. I, I remember back in the day when I was in high school, I used to paint with toothpicks and was really detailed. And I've always wanted to go back and do that. And I, I've actually bought oil paints and they're sitting on top of my desk and I still haven't popped them open. And it's been like six months because I'm just so busy. And it's like, I know that I would love to explore that again. And um, get back into that. So thank you so much for, for sharing. True, do you want to go next? I um, gathered a few things and I have pictures and stuff. So I'm not going to try to do those because we're running out of time. But I thought something important to say was when I, like the week or the month that I got my diagnosis, I told my husband, I said, creating is when I feel most alive. So even after I cannot use the tools, I want to be able to have the supplies and be looking at the supplies because that it, it makes me feel alive to be looking at the supplies. You know, I've got these well that's things I made supplies having the supplies there even if I cannot use them is absolutely necessary for my well-being um, and I think part of that is because I spend a lot of my time trying to figure things out um, uh, this goes with this, this goes with this, um, what is wrong? Why is it not processing? Um, you know, uh, technical things, things on that side. And I need balance. The things on this side need, is, is necessary for my health. And when I'm feeling different, feelings create the need for de creating different, um, well, no, I'm, um, creating different, you know what, never mind. It's okay. And we have, we have time. You can go ahead and share. I, I remember one of the things is um, I'm, I'm going through grief with losing pets and friends right now. 
I spent a good part of the morning crying. Very often when I'm going through grief, I don't want to um, do drawing or especially I'm shaking so badly. I can't do stuff like that worth beans. It's just, I drop everything, but I want to, even if I cannot use the crochet hook, holding that yarn in my hands is very comforting. So I've got a lot of different options for things to do. You know, I've got my watercolor pencils. I've got a lot of different varieties of things, but different things match different needs. Those are the main things I want to say today. Did you want to share anything, any types of art? When I first started having the problems of my, uh, the whole, what I call the hole in my lip, not being able to eat without it all, my drink, my stuff all landing on me. I started, I made a number of these aprons that I could just easily slip over. And then it's got the tie here that I could pull in for um, for that. Well, I can't do that anymore. I can't use the sewing machine anymore. So that's when I started making these. It's it's got the a panel for when I I drip to be easily. It's, it's connected with little uh, clippies. And it just goes over for, uh, you know, whatever I choose to wear that day. And different designs. This one doesn't have, it ain't right, too short. Um, these, oh, one tool, clear bags, hugely important. Everything is in clear. Little flowers when I don't have very much time. Um, made this one. Let's see. I'm shaking so bad that, there, now it's still. <laughs> now I can't do these anymore. <laughs> but I can still crochet. And so, um, you know, we, we adapt for what we can't do anymore. Because we are losing the abilities. And you still do a lot of writing and stuff too for your blog and, and things. So thank you so much, so much for sharing. Kareen, I'm going to have you go next and talk a little bit about what you do as a kind of an art therapist and the different types of modes that you have. Listening to all of your and watching all of your, um, your displays of art and, and uh, oh my goodness, uh, I feel like 
I'm just overwhelmed. Everyone's so incredibly talented and your sharing was just beautiful and inspiring. But I will have to say, Michael, when you showed me that, uh, when you showed us your, uh, the bird, I, I also love photography and I, I just open up my, and I, I make a calendar every year and I just open up my June 1st and, and here it is. <laughs> like, ah, oh, there it is, I can't believe it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it's very inspiring, everyone. Oh, my goodness. So I, I work at two different retirement communities, and I do a lot of different modalities. Um, I love haiku at, that was mentioned today. I love haiku. It's such a, it's just a really, there's, there's no, I mean, it's so open-ended. It's wonderful. Um, so I do a lot of poetry. Um, I, I work with groups of people and we all sit in a kind of a semicircle and uh, it's really important that everyone is I uh, address by name because to me, um, uh, a name, knowing that we are affirmed and, and validated by just having our names pronounced correctly for one thing is really nice because my name's Karine and no one gets it right. My sidekick that I bring with me every week to everything is uh, Emma Lou. I, I didn't know I had so many friends. And so she, she comes with me and I, she's just been a surprise because she's like a person. I mean, even to me, and she actually is, um, um, she was made on behalf of one of my dear friends, Emily, who really did have dementia. And she became my dear friend um, for a couple of years when I was, when I met her back in 2006. Um, anyway, so uh, we just have, we always do a new topic every week. We um, we explore this topic, whether it's a famous per person or a famous or an interesting event, and we just explore it with storytelling, poetry. Um, I have a lot of, uh, do a lot of creative improvisation. I love that. Um, and sometimes using the dry erase board and doing art, and sometimes we'll do a collective cartoon together. There's just a lot of different, and, and plenty and plenty of music. Donna had mentioned that you were going to maybe share a song that you had I do. I do people, so. have one. Yeah. So this one's, um, I, this is, I have written a lot of songs. Um, and usually what happens is somebody will say something profound and I don't want to lose it. And so uh, I want to give voice to it. And uh, several years ago, there was a man named Lauren and I've been given to permission to share this. Uh, he had just moved into a, one of our retirement communities and um, I was the activity director at the time. And I went up to him and I said, Hi, my name's Karine. What's your name? And he said, I don't know. And a few days later, uh, he attended one of our uh, validation groups, which is just a, a small group of people who live with dementia. Um, and we, um, it's just a really connecting group. And we usually just explore one simple question and kind of see where it goes. And the question of that day was, who here has been married? And so we went around the circle. And when it was Lauren's turn, he said, when we asked Lauren, have you been married? He said, he thought for a minute, he said, I don't know. Come to think of it, nah, I don't think so. I'm too tight. And everybody chuckled. And uh, then I looked up his social history and realized he'd actually been married for 50 years. Now the thing about Lauren is that even though he didn't remember his name, he couldn't remember if he'd been married he still was a very uh, joyful man and he did a lot of art in his room. It was a lot of the kind of maybe paint by numbers or, or drawing. And so it, it was really something that was so therapeutic for him. So uh, I'm just gonna share this song 
Oh my goodness. And if you hear my dog barking, he suddenly is barking and I don't know why. So I apologize, but here it is. I don't know what day it is. I don't know why I am here. I don't know what your name is, but I know it's clear. Many childhood memories, my reality, and the way you make me feel when you talk to me. And I want to go home. It's all that I have left is the only thing I know. Would you please take me there? I've lost my way and I don't know why I don't know. Could you say your name again? If we've met, I'm unaware. Could you stay and chat a while? I would like to share many childhood memories, my reality, and the way you make me feel when you talk to me. But I wanna go home. It's all that I have left is the only thing I know. Could you please take me there? I've lost my way and I don't know why I don't know. I don't know why I don't know. Beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Um, got me a little teary-eyed there. <laughs> I want to um, I want to be a little conscious. We're, we've gone over time here, but I also, when I do these shows, I like to give the freedom for people to be able to, to speak and not cut a, a story tight. So in, in wrapping up, I'd just like to have everybody say one or two words as to the benefit of uh, doing art with dementia. So Pauline, can you go first? Relaxation and focus. Wonderful. Terry, how about you? To make you feel excited again and reassurance. Great. True, how about you? Meditation and self-expression. Julie. What are one or two words that uh, you feel about art? As I uh, feel um, verbal communication problems coming on, I find the expression through art and poetry um, really helped me to get my feelings out. Wonderful. Bill, how about you? Um, being able to explain what I'm going through to normal people and also being for myself uh, living in the now because when I do it it's an, it's another dimension I thought I was either the way I used to be or the way I am now this is kind of like something at a right field left field whereas um, completely different you, you, I only do what I now it's only living in the now truly which is 
something a lot of people spend lots of time and lots of money to live in the now. This has allowed me to do. Wonderful. Mike, how about you? Um, I apologize if it's more than a couple of words, but it's it's a phrase that I've kind of come up with, and it's might sound funny at first, but I, I believe the number one prescription doctor should be giving a person with a dementia diagnosis a social engagement. It's not a pill. Yeah. We do take our medicine, but art for me is a form of social engagement. So it's yeah. something that's meaningful and purposeful to me. I totally, totally agree with you on that. Um, one of the things I kept hearing from all of you was it kind of reduced the stress, made you feel more productive, um, legacy pieces. Um, and then raising awareness through your, your different types of art, you know, educating. And um, I, I just, there's so many, so many different benefits there. Kareen, anything that you would like to add to that? Oh, I mean, I just, everything ever you, you all said, it totally resonates with me. And Bill, um, your, your piece that you had with the disappearing uh, was just so profound to me. I love um, that how you use art to express what's going on um, with, with, within you. So thank you for that. I, all of your, all of your pieces are amazing, but um, I, I agree. I agree. One thing I want to add um, is that for me, art is uh, refocusing and redirecting um, um, from if I'm feeling um, displaced or sad. And, and I, I'm feeling a little sadness right now because I feel displaced because we just moved. So the song that I mm -hmm. sang for you really, um, I felt like <laughs> I almost feel like this is my song <laughs> right now. So, um, so it was really beautiful to see all of you, but um, art is really about redirecting focus. And that's really important. So thank you all. Yeah, that rebalancing. And the thing I love too about this show was there were so many different modalities used. And, and again, we didn't even get into movement. And I mean, there's so many more modalities. And then within every single piece, I mean, you know, I think it was Cynthia that was talking about painting with uh, with coffee. I mean, who would have thunk? You know, wow. um, <laughs> there's all different all different types of medians within a median as well with that. So I want to thank you all for your time. I do have one last question because I know Dimension Action Alliance has their Arts and Dementia group on Facebook, but there were a couple other groups mentioned as well. And it seems like, uh, just as an observer, that those have been really beneficial for people to be able to share their art and stuff. Are there other art groups that you would recommend um, for people to participate in? I don't know if they're on social media or, Bill, I, I know you had mentioned where they actually helped you with, a, with an art therapist and yeah. things. Yeah, that, that's just my support, uh, dementia support group in Montreal called AGI. Okay. And you just happen to have art therapy. So, so it's not an online thing. It was just a one on one with the, one of the people. Okay, great. Anybody else? Okay. Well, I just think that this is a, a really brilliant, brilliant mode for people to participate in. And I think it's going to be an eye opener for so many people because I think when it comes to dementia, we are so used to hearing what you can't do anymore. And it's really switching from that disabilities to the abilities and focusing on the magic that happens when we give people the chance and the opportunity and the tools um, to explore 
what yeah. what all is there. Actually, well, if I could finish with something, I just wanted to, and I, you probably heard it a million times, but thank you, Laurie, for giving all of us a voice and a platform to, yeah. to do what we're trying to do. Without I, you, this would not happen. So it's it's you. my honor. It's my honor. Like I said, I, I think we have so much to learn from all of you on so many different levels. And so I love having these conversations. Uh, I, I just think, I think they're brilliant. I think they, they shift people's mindsets to one of a heart set and they look for a reason to explore things that they thought weren't possible before. I mean, we've always with dementia kind of it's been marketed by fear and this gives people hope this gives people opportunity this gives people purpose i mean i've seen some of the comments just on facebook with the art and i think oh my gosh that is filling my heart i can't even imagine what that's doing to the artist to hear what other people are seeing um from from the art and i again it's just a beautiful thing so i I appreciate you all sharing in such great detail because this is all really personal stuff. But I love that you're stepping out in public. Check out DAA, go on Facebook, type in Arts and Dementia, and you'll go right to the group. So thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Well, take care, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.